just goofing. New boot goofing. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. Thursday, January 23rd. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, guys. What's up, Tassie? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Thanks for joining us, guys. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And as always... Email us your NBA questions and your comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We went stepping on that beach yesterday on Wednesday afternoon. Two of my favorite questions that we tackled. One, what was the most overrated play in NBA history? Had some fun with that one. And what mascot would you least want to get a lap dance from? (laughs) Um, We sort of came to the decision that uh, Lucky the Leprechaun would be high on the list, Mavs man. One we forgot about I was thinking about after, the Suns Gorilla. Ooh, uh, yeah, he's a he's, he's he obviously he's, he's a legend. An, he's an OG. He's a legend, but he's a creepy looking mascot. Um, not sure I'd want to lap dance. Also from him. aggressive, very yeah. aggressive guy. Yeah. He's a gorilla. What do you expect? <laughs> exactly. I don't want to lap dance. All from right, him. right. I'm just saying we forgot him when we were talking about it. So go check out that Beach Steppin' podcast. Um, thanks again for uh, to everyone that's sending questions. Keep them coming. All right, guys. Obviously, lots to talk about. Lots of games on, and the big one last night, a fascinating debut. For you think I was going to say Zion Williamson, but for Lee Ellis, who returned to the basketball <laughs> court playing pickup. Quickly, Lee, how'd it go? You all right out there? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, uh, uh, not too sore today. I'm waiting. That'll probably come tomorrow. Yeah, it's always that yeah, second day for yeah. me. All right. A great. little lethargic, though. A little tired this morning. Didn't have a great sleep. The adrenaline was coursing was through the pulsing. veins last night. Yeah. Yes, Lee's a mighty return to some pickup <laughs> ball there. But yes, fascinating debut for Zion Williamson. Um, after a sloppy and choppy, I guess, first three quarters. Zion caught fire in the fourth. Uh, he scored 17 consecutive points. Got that Smoothie King crowd going nuts. He helped turn a double-digit deficit into a brief Pelicans lead. Before then, he goes to the bench for the last time with, like, you know, 525 or whatever it was remaining in the game, and that was it for him. So that was a little disappointing. But what did everybody think from Zion? 22 points, 8 of 11 shooting, hit all of his threes, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and, and 5 turnovers. But what did you think? from the kids, uh, 19-year-old kids' debut. All I can think about is a smoothie with nuts now that you said the Smoothie King was going nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds delicious. (laughs) Uh, It was very underwhelming the first three quarters. Oh, yeah. Uh, He looked like... I mean, he was just feeling it, obviously. And he was also sort of a fourth option out there. He was just kind of hanging. We didn't see the athleticism whatsoever. Uh, And then we saw, you know, a beautiful pass on the break. And then... I, something that he's never done in his career, hating four threes in a game. He's, he hasn't. He never did that in school. So um, it was strange. It was just a shocker, yeah. but it was also amazing. Yeah. Uh, everybody, I was sitting around was was jacked, and it was pretty pretty cool in a way that Alvin Gentry took him out. It's like a movie trailer. It just left us wanting more. You know, it, we, we we can't wait till game number two, but. Um, it was it was really strange. Were you, was anyone upset by that though? The you know we were sort of lied to, were we not? From David Griffin, there wasn't going to be a minutes restriction, but oh yeah, I guess we're going to play him in these short bursts, these mm. like little four minute sections. So yeah, yeah, in a way, isn't that a minutes restriction? But they did. They said they did have one in mind, okay. but they didn't have an official one. I just thought, though, considering what was going on, he had the momentum. The crowd was into it. They took the lead, as you mentioned there. That maybe they say. 
just give him another couple of minutes. I mean, why not? The kid's hot. He's like, the, you know, the, we're back into the game. If they were down 15 or up 15, it doesn't really matter. If the game was out of hand, you can understand them saying, okay, that's that's what we talked about going in. But the game was there to be won. In a game that they might really need if they want to get yeah. into the playoffs against yeah. the Spurs. That, that is the perplexing part because it's like, I would understand it if it's like, okay, minutes restriction, uh, this guy can't play, whatever, 30 minutes. And then you got into the fourth quarter, and it's like he's at 27, and then he eclipses 30, and like, okay, I get that. That was your game plan. It was like, all right, we've we, I, as much as fun this is, he's on fire, we gotta, we got to go with the plan. But I guess it's, like, confusing because, like, what really is the plan? I mean, the plan is to play him in these short bursts, I guess. I think they didn't want to reveal that <clears throat> if it was a 15 or 18 and he looked bad in his first eight minutes and they just took him out, Maybe. then – they would have got away scot-free because we didn't know the number. I think that was just saving themselves, really. I did love Alvin Gentry just constantly sending guys to go replace him during the fourth quarter, but he was so hot that the guy, like Nicola Melli, just had to go back to the bench. Yeah. Derek Favors had to go back to the bench, so at least Gentry was rolling with him there, but oh, man, he could have handled 25 minutes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, at least keep him out there until he misses a three-pointer or something. I know you're probably gunning for that all-time first-ever four-for-four <laughs> three-pointers in NBA history, but that was exciting. I was by myself. Foam rolling on the floor after playing pickup ball with Lee Ellis, just losing my mind, rolling back and forth every time he was hitting the three, which was quite the comparison because I was rolling on the floor laughing through the first three quarters. Zion just basically handing the ball off to the Spurs. He looked terrible for the first three quarters and then the complete flip flop. It was that was fun. Yeah, I think what we wanted, of course, from his debut was a moment. And I think most of us probably thought the moment might be dunking on a guy, and that would be fine, and we'd be happy with that. But instead, the moment was him turning into Ray Allen for a second mm. and hitting line drive threes. A lot of these wide open, uh, to start with at least, when they when he started catching fire, they were just leaving him. And he's like, all right, I'll take this, and, and knocked it down. But we got a moment. I mean, it was that, Definitely. that 17 yeah. straight, and then... And then it was cut short because they do have this plan where he's only going to play these little mm. bursts. I mean, look, I'm disappointed that they didn't let him continue to see if he could keep staying hot. I mean, that's the truth. But they have their decision and they're rolling with it. What do you think about the tweets that were going around last night? This is the most exciting five minutes of the regular season. <laughs> it's not far off, to be right? honest. Like That's like that and maybe the first Luka versus LeBron game. Yeah. That was an exciting time yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Sure. This yeah. is going to stick with awesome. people for sure. Yeah, because because it was. The game was kind of flat. The Spurs were just kind of taking the, the fun out of the game, you know, by <laughs> yeah. just being Spursies. Totally. And uh, and I was like, oh, maybe Zion, you know, he, he's going to end up with just four points and three rebounds or something. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to the All-Star game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was once he grabbed that rebound in the fourth quarter, too, where he was went skying over Jakob Pertl and then, like Tess said, brought it up and threw that cross-court pass. That's when you could tell, okay, I'm not just trying to fit in out here. I'm going to try and take over. Uh, like Gentry said, it looked like he was playing conservative. It looked like he didn't know where to be. It looked like he didn't know what to do. It looked like the Pelicans were just trying to give him room to figure things out. And then once he just started playing basketball, things came pretty easy. Yeah, that, that was the turning point for me, too. That was awesome. Uh, to see a guy that size just go up and get the rebound. You know I love a rebound highlight. Oh, he baby. just snatched it from Pirtle, pushed it the other way. Beautiful little bullet pass in transition to Moore, who finished. Uh, it, it's amazing, too, for a guy that is 285. He has that quick second jump ability, right? That that Sean Marion, like, just... He's, like, he's, he's up the second time before the first guy's even down. Because um, there was a couple of those, too, like, inside. And none of it was sometimes pretty, uh, but... 
man, he, the athleticism, no doubt. We knew mm-hmm. that. And it's real. And the vision is awesome, too. That, that part is underrated. I, for me, at least, I didn't watch a ton of them. Of course, in college, you're just seeing a lot of highlights. Guy can pass. Yep. Yeah, the, but the, thir- the first three quarters were obviously left wanting to see any of that. We really weren't seeing much of that at all. I thought, actually, uh, an email of ours put it pretty well. He said, the difference between how Zion moves just jogging or standing around and when he explodes athletically is almost jarring. It feels kind of like how someone can have a strong accent when speaking, but when they sing, it just sounds beautiful. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) And the first three quarters, like, what is... Is he limited in any way? And he was—he really, I, I suppose, was just feeling it out and also feeling out his teammates, and they were feeling him out, and, and that threw them off, too. The fact that they lost this game is unbelievable. You get 17 straight points in the fourth quarter and from, from a guy that hasn't given you anything all year, and then you can't get a stop. You could, they, they were a sieve, and that's why I bring up the throwing them off. Like They just they weren't in sync, and the, and the effects on Brandon Ingram, who is an all-star, um, I'm, I'm not sure how, how it's going to bode well for him. This was his first right. season playing, you know, taking, a, taking the first few weeks to get into find his own, into being a number one guy, and now it's going to be another transition here, and maybe we underestimated that when we talked about Zion coming back. Uh, he was bad. Uh, it, but, um, you know, the NBA world doesn't care. As Trey said, this, that was like a, a stretch that we're going to remember, even though uh, he had no dunks. I guess he was promoting our podcast. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you. Zero dunks and four threes. Weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, just to show the, uh, the interest row worldwide. I had WhatsApp messages coming in from people in Australia this morning, from England. People like, did you see that big guy last night? And people can't believe just how big he is for, uh, yeah. for such a young guy. So, you know, definitely people, it's, it's a great thing. What are they saying? He's massive. <laughs> I think bulky was uh, one of the words I got. But, uh, I look forward to Zion in like, what I guess 2040 um, selling me uh, dick pills nugenic dick pills on TV Ooh. like he's Frank Thomas <laughs> I'm calling it now I am calling something Hopefully. 20 years in the future Zion Williamson selling us that stuff Hopefully. I would buy him from I would buy him from Zion <laughs> I don't know it's just it's crazy too because you know we knew coming into the game there was the talk about his new walk so it's like even when he's just walking around the court you can't take your eyes off him you're like ooh is he landing on his heels is he extending through his toes how long are his strides is he waddling ooh I saw him jump did he do a straight legged landing he looked the exact same but he was making threes and it was fun but you know shout out to the Spurs they just kept scoring after every time Zion was hitting the three. The crowd was going crazy. It would have been easy to fold and melt there, and they just kept getting bucket after bucket after bucket. That's uh, I mean, we'll get to it later, of course, with the pick and results, but that's why that's oh, why man. I swerved a little bit and went Spurs, because mm. that just felt like this will be the type of San Antonio win where everybody's pumped for New Orleans and Zion, and Spurs just get it done. Aldridge was unstoppable, too. I mean, the 32 points, 14 boards, a couple blocks. Favors had no answer for him. He was cooking him, I thought. I thought Jackson Hayes actually uh, He did better him. on yeah, him. Yeah, defended a more him length. a couple of times, yeah. Um, yeah, he's that long. He's not obviously as thick as some of the other defenders, but he was long and gangly and was able to contest shots. But Lamarcus Aldridge is at that point of his career. When he gets into that little spin around jump shot mid-ranger, you're shocked it's if not it doesn't. much of a jump. No, but you're shocked if it doesn't go in yeah. every time. He he just he can get that shot pretty much any time, and it's so meticulous. And uh, yeah, the the Spurs needed this win too. By the way, they they they're in a race for 100%. the playoffs, so they pulled it out as yeah. they always tend to do. Yeah, no, they had a lot of guys contributing too. Five Spurs uh, finished in double figures. DeRozan, you know, chipped in the twenty to go with Aldridge's thirty-two, which led the way. Aldridge is flirting with the 50-40-90 line here. I mean, mm. if he picks it up at the free throw line, it's in play. 
but he's shooting 50% from the floor and then 43% from three because he's added that little uh, wrinkle to his game, stepping back a little bit more, and then 84.3% of the line. Very, very difficult for a big guy to do something like that, the 50, 40, 90. It's in play. Probably won't mm-hmm. get there, but it's amazing numbers. It is, and he started kind of slow as well. Yeah. Um, back to Zion because everything comes back to Zion sure. in this conversation. It might, be, it might sound stupid to say after seeing him hit four threes, but it sure feels like his future – is at center, even though he is mm-hmm. a six sixer, even though he's probably just a tiny bit bigger than Frank Thomas, and I mean it in terms of height, not in terms of any other body part uh, that they're working on in the new Genix category. Hopefully, yeah. we never see new Genix again. Hopefully, it's banned, <laughs> and that stupid name is banned twenty years from now. You know, it's just out, like it's just Frank socially Thomas outlawed. Stole your wife. But. He, if if he's not going to have a, a mid-range game, if he's not going to have a shot, it, I know he was playing out there with Derek Favors and he played with Jackson Hayes, but he would be unleashed if he's out there with four shooters. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like his future is at center. Uh, you know, he's going to – right now he's going to play some time with De- uh, Derek Favors and Jackson Hayes. But I think that's why their uh, playoff chances are – uh, it, it hurts. It, it just hurts having this new learning period, just, and, and the entire team is like, "Okay, this dude is taking over our team here for four minutes a quarter to start the quarter." I, it just—I think that's why they lost in a, in a weird way. It's just because they had this this new thing that they had to interject, and it, it wasn't going all that well. But when he's at center, just to to get back to that point, I mean, he, he could be unstoppable, right? right? If they do let him rip, I think that's in play. Yeah, I mean, this look—it would be so different here this morning if he doesn't have this fourth quarter stretch right? oh, man, yeah. i mean it really would we'd be like ah, oh, yeah maybe he came back too soon he was just out of funk you know like because he was pretty ordinary for the first three quarters and that's fine it's his first nba game you know we were expecting the world from him but uh, it was rough but if he doesn't have this but still he performed like he had more pressure on him really than any other rookie since probably LeBron in his oh, first yeah. game, and, and here he is. He has this stretch, and he was loving it, and then unfortunately got taken out again. But uh, at least we got that moment. That, that was all worth it. Uh, and the place was going insane. Mm-hmm. The bench on the Pelicans' bench was going bonkers. MVP chance yeah. in his <laughs> first game. We want Zion chance. Uh, and even Dave Pash, right, he was on the call. He was saying, yeah. maybe if we get to overtime, we'll see Zion Williamson again. He was hoping. I was hoping. Who wasn't? Yeah. And, and it's pretty sorry. He's pretty selfless too. I think post game. I'm sure. You know, I mentioned. I think I threw, it threw off the rest of the team. But I think they love him. As and as you said, they're they're yamming it up on the bench. I think they just like him a lot because mm-hmm. uh, he's just a good kid. He didn't want to talk about himself post game. Drew Holiday. Uh, I don't know. Felt like a little Kyle Lowry ish. He was up there on the podium with him and was taking the questions for him and was speaking for him and, and trying to be his vet. Yeah, this, this is a bright eyed kid here. Uh, in the league, it, it, you kind of forget that with all the hype he's got, sort of like LeBron coming out. He's just a kid, um, and he he didn't want to take all the credit, but he had people chanting MVP for him <laughs> <laughs> after after a five point three quarter performance and then four straight threes. Well, let's switch it up too. If we're not going to get Zion Williamson in the dunk contest, let's put him in the three point contest. <laughs> sure, he's leading the league in three point percentage. <laughs> yeah. He should be in there. Is what I'm saying. Uh, in Chicago, so yeah, it was fun. It uh, you know lived up in, in a weird way to the billing. It didn't look like it was going to because it was not the greatest game. It was no. like, <laughs> like the Spurs had just done that classic thing where they had taken control of the tempo, and it was there was no little no flow, and that wasn't helped by Zion coming out there for a little bit, and then he's out again, coming in and out. Um, but it obviously picked up in the fourth. All right, guys, play a little. What you got with the other games? What you got? 
Yeah, a little what you got. Guys, more impressive win. You tell me. Rockets over the Nuggets or the Raptors over the Sixers from last night? What you got? I'll go with the Raptors. Okay, tell me why. I I think uh, the Sixers built that early lead. Toronto came back. Philadelphia got back in front. And I think you saw what gave me the confidence in, in picking on yesterday's show that the Raptors are still an underdog. When they have everyone contribute and everyone buy in, they're deep, they're experienced, they don't panic, mm-hmm. they close out games. That's not something the Raptors have done forever. I mean, this last five or six years have obviously been the best in franchise history, but we're seeing right now there's true selflessness on that team. I really don't think any player out there cares about his numbers more than a win. Yeah. You're seeing Norm playing, again, fantastic ball. He broke his streak of 20 consecutive point games when he could have... He could have jacked it up he at the end and tried to get it if he but, wanted but to. But again, yeah. I think that symbolizes the mentality yeah. right now of the Raptors. Hey, we just want to win these games. They're going up against uh, an opponent who they could very well face in the conference site. Now, there was, uh, they were missing some players there, and Josh Richardson went out early of that very game. Very early. Yeah, no Joel Embiid for the eighth no game. No Joel Embiid uh, and Josh Richardson. He's, he's likely out for uh, at least a little bit of time here. But um, I just thought, again, the resilience from Toronto... The uh, Fred Van Vliet was just incredible. Oh. Trying to get back into that All Star Game conversation. That guy uh, is. That guy does have. I don't know. Ice in his veins. He, yeah. He's like he is steady, Freddie. It's the perfect nickname for the him. The Bulls' chase for the eighth seed right now is kind of equivalent to going for the seventh title for me. But I would be happy if the Bulls traded Thomas Sadaransky and Thad Young so that they could have money to side Fred Van Vliet in the summer. I know they just drafted Kobe White, but oh my goodness, a Rockford guy Ooh. who has massive stones. And can handle the ball, can make shots, can play off the ball. Yep. He would be great for Where, the Bulls. Where's number 23, too? <laughs> Bringing it down from the rafters. <laughs> My throwing it on the Van Vliet. Oh, baby. How much um, money does Fred Van Vliet own or owe Kawhi Leonard, though? Because Kawhi Leonard just prolonged that playoff run. Because in the <laughs> That's first, a great yeah. point. In the yeah. first couple of rounds, he was zip, zip, zilch, zero. And I totally agree that he's a player now, but he was... So bad. He was unplayable. Yeah. He couldn't make decisions. And now, I don't know, There's the, the Raptors' confidence is oozing. Yeah. And he yeah he hit the three. He like had three daggers, yeah. it felt like, Van Vliet in this. And he kept them in it at other times, too. They, Toronto outscored Philly 52-18 to 18 in the paint, too. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing. The bigs. Gasol, awesome game. Surge there, too. Went double lineup, double big lineup at times. Yeah, and just again, you're looking at it, you know, Ananobi didn't have a great game. Siakam didn't shoot the ball all that well. But again, they didn't, you know, those guys still contribute. And and, and no one's out there sort of pointing the finger. I just think what I I just love the backbone that the Raptors show uh, in games like this where tough opponent, you know, couldn't get things really going in that first half, but still find a way to win. That's what championship teams do is Mm -hmm. they they make sure they win these games. So very impressive. I'd rather bank on uh, the Raptors and all those guys contributing than the Rockets with two guys really contributing offensively the Raps had six guys score 16 or more in this game and uh you know plus Andanova who doesn't score all, all that much that's their you know that's the really the heart of the, that rotation the heart of their championship rotation all those guys uh were there winning that ship well you know the Rockets yeah they won a game well, they snapped, they snapped they a snap. four-game losing streak. They, now, no one was playing on the Nuggets. Yeah, that's why. I mean, yeah. they were really shorthanded. No Murray, no Millsap, no Gary Harris, no Michael Porter Jr., and not even a Plumlee. Um, but, but the Rockets, in snapping that losing streak, finally, and we talked about it, they had their star guys all play well on the same night, right? I mean, Harden, he listened to the No Dunks podcast, <laughs> and he took Lee Ellis' advice and, and didn't continue to just jack up threes in this one. I think he only took six three-point right. three attempts. 
Um, so he had scored 27 on 13 shots. And Russell was good again, 28, 16, and 8. And Eric Gordon had his best game, I think, of the season, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you see, that, again, it's against a, you know, obviously depleted Nuggets team, but when those three guys are going, I mean, they're a tough out. They scored 121 points. Harden shot a ton of free throws, 15 last night, but only took 13 shot attempts. So, I mean, yeah, add that up. It's what, maybe about 20 shot attempts, which is fine because Westbrook was great. I thought it was cool that uh, uh, Mike D'Antoni challenged the team, said, we got to be better on, on the boards. And Westbrook said, I'll just go get them. So he did. And that, you know, it works. It worked for the Thunder. It was called steal and rebounds back then. That's still what it is, but... Sometimes that's the game plan, and it takes a little bit of pressure off Harden, who has been struggling uh, in the month of January. Westbrook has been playing well, and he did a great job of getting to the rim. He shot seven free throws, zero three-point attempts. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a more focused Westbrook attack, I thought, and that's why, to me, the Rockets win was a little bit better, just because mm-hmm. they needed it even more. Yeah, no, Westbrook, again, he just continues to impress with um, the, the, the basketball IQ that he's shown recently, almost getting away from those terrible shots that he tends to get himself worked up over and uh that are bad for his team he had one three-point attempt in his last game and zero tonight so Mm -hmm. or last night so i think that is perhaps him understanding like you know what my strength is using my speed using my athleticism getting inside trying to get some better looks and and just out out bodying some of those opponents that he gets he's got that little dirk sort of you know muscles him and then and then floats it back from the paint it's a good shot for westbrook so I like to see that. I mean, both these teams we're talking about here, the Rockets and the Raptors, were on an ESPN graphic during the Spurs-Pelicans game, which outlined the longest playoff streaks right now, currently in the NBA longest playoff appearances streak, which was Spurs, Warriors, Rockets, Raptors, in some order there. Uh, Spurs, obviously, the longest yeah. you know, since the 90s. And Lee mentioned, you know, they haven't been able to close out games. That hasn't been sort of – that hasn't been them throughout the history of their franchise. But to see them on a graphic where they're – you know, one of the top four or five teams in the NBA in terms of playoff streaks was weird. Um, and and the Rockets there too, but the Warriors will be ending, obviously. So they're going to move up. Crazy. <laughs> what I like about, you know, both of these matchups too that, that we're dissecting here in what you got is their potential first-round series. I mean, as of today, they would be, right? I mean, Denver would be hosting the Rockets in a 4-5 matchup, and the Raptors would be hosting the Sixers in a 3-6 matchup as of today. I mean, they're, they're so you know, bunched together. That'll change by the end of the week. I get all that, but still, it's possible these both of these squads meet each other in series, be it in the first round or maybe even a second round because they're obviously all good teams when they're at full health. All right, our next one here. More depressing loss. The Wolves in Chicago or the Kings in Detroit? What you got? More depressing. That's a tough one. I'm going with the Timberwolves because it just looks so bad for Carl Anthony Towns to have 40, a season high, but then Luke Cornett goes for 15, and Cristiano Felicio scores more points than he had the entire season coming into that game. The guy just... Exactly. Uh, Cristiano Felicio had nine points coming into the game, had 12 last night, and Towns just does not care on defense. He is the last guy back on basically every single transition uh, opportunity for the other team and when Cornette and Felicio are lighting you up, I don't care if you have 40 points. Mm-hmm. That was That's bad. I mean, Wiggins scoreless for a half. He had a nice second half and I guess he had three in the first half, but yeah. just, I guess that's, you have the energy to go for 22 when you do nothing I, for the first 24 it, minutes. Yeah, Bulls were up 19 in the first half. Wolves did get back into it, but uh, couldn't close it up and they got killed. Their bench got killed, yeah, by Chicago's reserves. Yeah, th- that's the real concern for me with the Wolves is Towns has has certainly got to take some blame for the season. I know he's been injured a lot, but defensively he's not as good as he needs to be. 
But other than that, I just look at that roster and I think, man, that's it's bleak. It really is bleak there for Minnesota. And uh, they're going to they're have a huge offseason. I think they have to almost start again. Hold it. It's like playing poker. You know, hold on to Towns. Throw the other cards out and get a whole new deck. <laughs> right. In <there> maybe. Honestly. <laughs> I, I, fishing. You know, it's just um, they, they like you look at that roster and think who on that roster really is going to be able to improve to the point where it's like a finally Towns has got some support. It's just not there. So they, that's what that's that's the outlook for me for Minnesota. It's awful. Yeah, that was a bad loss. But I actually think the Kings is more depressing. I mean, it was the Wolves really had a one brutal first quarter. Uh, and then did play all right from there on out, but still not enough. The Kings, I mean, they just got embarrassed. To the Pistons, who were without Andre Drummond, and of course Blake Griffin. Yeah, Reggie Jackson's back, and he played well in, in limited minutes off the bench. He shot well, had four assists. The Kings, though, they couldn't hit a free throw. They got hammered in Detroit. Like, this is, they're, they're so bad. The, both these teams stink, and I was saying, yep. joking last night, that they should merge them together, and maybe you'd have an actually decent franchise but, you know, Luke Walton after the game is saying basketball is a simple game. Defend without fouling, make the right play, and knock down shots early. feel like we didn't do any of those things. No. Nope, you did not mm-hmm. at all. And you haven't really all season, and you're not, you're not even fun. And I feel so bad for Kings fans because, and I think this is spot on. This is from at GWiz, an editor at Sacktown Royalty, you know, popular Kings blog. I saw him tweeting last night after another loss. He writes... I don't think people fully appreciate how low the bar is for Kings fans to be happy. <laughs> this, is, this is spot on. The Kings were under 500 and missed the playoffs for the 13th year in a row last season. And we, he's talking about Kings fans, were thrilled because they were at least fun and competitive. And yet the Kings still managed to blow it. It's pathetic. I keep coming back to that word because that's all it is. They can't achieve the lowest standards of success. You're not wrong. I can feel what he's feeling, and I'm sure you can too, Skeets, as a Raptors fan. You know, the a, a sniff at a playoff run after terrible year after terrible yep. year is is a beautiful smell, even if it ends up stinky. <laughs> it, it's uh, the Kings. I think the Kings situation is a little bit more depressing than the Timberwolves, just because they had should have a little bit more expectations coming into this season because they had lots of cap room coming into the season. They spent it on vets. It looked like they're finally ready to make that run from a 39-win team last year. There, there should be no expectation that they're going to fall off from that whatsoever. And they allow a season high in 127 points to the Pistons uh, and, and 63 bench points. And when you allow 63 bench points to a team that's undermanned, as you said, they don't have their stars. That just says that um, we're not playing D at all. Mm-hmm. And so this happened to the Hawks last week too uh, against the Pistons as well. Uh, it's on Luke Walton. It's on Lloyd Pierce really to get these guys – working hard and you know yes he can say that after the game but it really has to be on him and his job has to be in jeopardy uh, going into next season if i don't see a point in changing him now but if you know if they if they keep flaming out like this how do you keep a guy on like i'm i'm like ready i know it feels maybe premature and too early still we're not even at the all-star break like yeah i know people are saying uh we got seven teams vying for that final playoff spot in the west do we I mean, I have no faith in the Kings and the Wolves to do anything here. I'm sure they'll go on a little three, four game winning streak, but but at the end of the day, they're not going to do it. So I'm ready to cross them off. Like they're they're 15 and 29, both of them. So yeah, they're still what five games back or whatever it is from the Spurs in the eight spot. But come on, no, you just can have no faith in these teams. No, 
I don't either. Um, and, and it is accurate, though, about the Kings because you look at, you know, De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald and you think, okay, there's some, there's some hope and optimism there that these guys might be able to sort of string something together. But uh, overall, it's just not working. And it, Bagley didn't play last night and he, he's had a season where he's been in and out, of course, with, with injury. If he can stay healthy and stay on the court, at least there's some optimism there. With uh, with Sacramento, but but not the way they're playing either. Like yeah. it's it's one thing to you know okay sniff the playoffs last year, but be enjoyable. That's what that's what Sackdown Royalty is saying here. He's like at least they were fun. They were they were playing with some energy because the pace was going and they're trying to outshoot teams. And yeah, maybe they got to get better on the defensive end to become a good team. But this is great. This is the exact opposite. They're twenty eighth in pace. They just don't play with any uh, gusto. I don't yeah. know what it, it's depressing. If you're still going to lose games, at least lose lose them in style. Exactly, exactly right. <laughs> if you're going to be bad, be fun. And yeah. it's very strange considering Luke Walton comes from the Warriors system when he was the Lakers coach. They played fast, and the success the Kings had last season was playing fast. They caught everybody off guard with it, and then for whatever reason this year they're not able to get it going. Surely some of that is not having Bagley on the court all the time. He's a really fast guy for a big guy. Yeah. Fox obviously can push the pace. He's been in and out of the lineup. Yeah. So there are reasons, but like you shouldn't be in the bottom five in pace, no. even if those guys are missing half the season. Yeah, that's exactly right. So look, depressing losses for both of those teams, but congrats to the Pistons and the Bulls uh, pulling out the victories. Everyone counts. Every one of those counts. All right, final one here, guys. What was more shocking from last night? The Hawks rallying to beat the Clippers here in Atlanta down at the Fortress or the Heat winning their eighth consecutive <laughs> overtime game what you got more shocking I'm going with the heat to win eight consecutive overtime games I think that's a, a remarkable achievement to be because they were they were up and they blew a huge lead to the Wizards in this game but then came out and took care of it in overtime I mean the Clippers were on a back-to-back obviously Kawhi decided that's not his game now no Trey Young as well for Atlanta yeah. Hawks but when you're in that situation where the Clippers are like we, we got our win last night so we don't really care about tonight's game that's that's how they've approached the season. So, I think uh, the fact that uh, the Heat again continue to win at home. Uh, uh, Eric Spolstra got really pissed off with his players oh, last he, night. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> he pulled the, he pulled all the starters yeah. through the third quarter. There. That's a sort yeah. of Popovich move uh, that that almost backfired on him, but eventually they got the win. So I, I think to be able to to have a, a perfect eight games in overtime, I think that's pretty remarkable. I don't think you would have seen anything like that too often in the past no this is only the second time it's happened the pistons did it in 0203 and this is only the second time a team has started out winning eight straight playoff games or eight playoff games overtime games to start a season crazy uh yeah that's <laughs> why I, that, I think that's more surprising lee's right about the clippers they like to lay an egg or two but no trey young no jabari parker no just uh <laughs> no hope you'd think that the the hawks would fall apart um but they fought, and the Clippers. Lou, I, Lou Williams as a starter this season. Have they won a game? Because he's he's started mm. plenty of games, mm. and they either they're either like one and eight when he starts, or something, or zero oh and eight, something to that Is effect. It really? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, you know, when Beverly's not on the floor, he gets the start generally, and uh, Beverly's missed some games. Yeah, it's it's bad, uh, and Lou Williams' defense is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. At the end of the game. They were they're just going to Lou Williams' guy wherever he was. Lou Williams was just collapsing. He just he just doesn't have the knack of uh, of defense. Period. Uh, it was a, an ugly game, but uh, not sure. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the Hawks pulled it out. I, I, yeah, it's a head scratcher. I, I'm going with the Hawks as more shocking. I mean, <laughs> Brandon Goodwin was the Trey Young in this game, and Trey Young was loving it. By the way, you know, oh, yeah. it was cool to see him uh, cheering on this guy. Goodwin scored 19 points all in the fourth quarter as the Hawks <laughs> came back. Like that's the thing. Like you say, the Clippers, yeah, they do put up the eggs every once in a while, and they already got their win the night before. But like. They went on like a 20-0 run in this game early on. It looked like it was like going to be a cakewalk. And uh, then they took their, their foot off the gas, and the Hawks gave them credit, fought hard. It was nice to see John Collins with his best game, game of the season, monster game from him, and a guy like Goodwin. I mean, that's like the box score is so weird to look at from this game because it's like Bruno Fernando is starting and Jeff Teague is starting back there with the Hawks. Uh, they got to do something, I think, about uh, Brandon Goodwin and Jeff Teague's numbers because I don't mind having a zero and a double zero on the same team, but when they play the same position, it can really throw you off, yeah. I think. I, I heard uh, Goodwin being called Teague a lot on uh, Sports Center last night because you assume there's a Hawks point guard who's a number zero who's taken over in the fourth quarter. More Fair. than likely, it's going to be Jeff Teague. You know, take over Teague, as they call him. Uh, but it was Brandon Goodwin, and he was balling. Um, but, you know, the Clippers, they can lose as many games as they want to bad teams. And nobody cares. It's fine. Uh, yeah, and uh, they were up 21 in this game, was it not? Or yeah, was they it, were up uh, huge. Uh, yeah. And so then they just they thought it was over, obviously. And uh, Lou Williams gave up some points. They're 0-6 when Lou Williams starts this hmm. season. Yeah, and that's why I also, again, think it's more shocking that the Hawks came back down the 20 plus or whatever it was compared to the Wizards because the Wizards can do that and the Wizards Bradley Beal had a one that looked like it was dropping that three mm-hmm. to tie yeah. and it just bloop, just bounced out but the Wizards we know just uh, you know they're not a lot of defense there but they can catch fire and then get back in games in a hurry and they did that mm-hmm. to get back so maybe less shocking but uh, yeah both uh, wild entertaining games there also shocking was a Lou Williams dunk in the half court just a one hander out of nowhere you don't, kidding me yeah don't see that one often mm-hmm. from Sweet Lou all right, guys, we have some news. According to ESPN's Tim McMahon, the Mavericks have touched base with Joakim Noah as they search for some center depth in the wake of Dwight Powell's season-ending injury. Now, Dallas has concerns about Noah's health and is considering several other options, including the G League and maybe an overseas player. Um, I remember Noah played 42 games for the Grizz last year. It wasn't bad. He came off the bench, gave him a little defense, chipped in 7-6 and six, basically in 16 and a half minutes. What do you guys think about possibly Noah? Tess, you were like, eh, I don't know if the Mavs really will do anything here to try and replace Dwight Powell, but Noah's name coming up here. Yeah, I meant more that they're not going to do anything crazy like okay. mortgage their future, but I'm surprised Joakim Noah's name has entered the yeah. entered the chat. Quite surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you say that? I mean, didn't the Lakers work him out earlier in the, se- like he was part the season? Yeah, he was going to be one of the options before Dwight. Dwight Howard, right. yeah. Weren't they part of the same workout? I think mm-hmm. they, they oh, worked out. Yeah. Bates was there, I do believe. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe he'll be in the mix. Uh, I'm a little surprised, too. I guess they want him for his defense, and he was pretty solid defensively for the Grizzlies, and he can make plays, but I'm a little surprised because Dwight Powell is such a role guy, and Noah's not a role guy. Like He's not going to be <laughs> flashing to the hoop and catching alley-oops. That's why, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a look overseas at Kenneth Fareed. That's a role guy. Mm. So it's like, what do you want? I mean, they need somebody that can play a little bit of defense, no doubt about it. And Freed is definitely undersized and not a big defender. But I don't know. He, he was decent with the Rockets last year, playing with James Harden, a similar type player to Luka Doncic. So uh, maybe that makes a little bit more sense. But maybe you just want the veteranship of a Joachim Noah. I'm sort of surprised Freed isn't back with the Rockets because he, he played well enough, I thought, last season with them. And they could use some energy and some rebounds there. But uh, I will forever stand 
for uh, Noah because yeah. I'd love to see him back in the league. And you just need to look at his Instagram to see what sort of shape he's in. He's looking great. Yeah, is yeah. he? Looking great. You following um, him closely? Of course, yes. Stickety 13? That's right, Stickety 13. I'm, well, well, I'm well, looking well. over Lee's shoulder. He's looking ripped. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, not, well, not Lee. I mean, Lee's probably <laughs> ripped too, but Joe Keem is ripped. Yeah. And what's he doing? He's well, he's doing a dunk here. Um, this is from seven days ago, <laughs> but, but he's dunk. got the shirt off. He's yeah. looking like Zlatan Ibrahimovic there, looking great. Um, <laughs> but, I, uh, you know, the thing I like about Noah, when he did play in Memphis last season as well, is he wasn't bad. I mean, he's... he's no, he wasn't. He, he really wasn't. He, um, you know he's going to defend. You know he's going to rebound. And he's not going to complain about minutes or role or, or what he does. He's going to go and give you everything he's got if it's for two minutes a night or if it's for 10 minutes a night. And um, and offensively, obviously the shot isn't great, but he's a smart passer. He's got a good basketball IQ. So I still think there's a... You know, I, I still think he could find his way onto a team uh, somewhere. And I think he could be, you know, a valuable guy to have on your bench in the locker room um, and things like that. So... But I also love him. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, probably, he's probably coming off the bench, and why Why the heck wouldn't he? And Kleba, Maxi Kleba starts, I assume, as being that role guy. Uh, I think Kenneth Freed's not in the league because he got $4 million in China. I mean, that's just mm, more, sure. more than he was getting yeah. here. So he's wanting to make some bucks. I know someone that uh, agrees with uh, Lee about Noah playing for the Mavs. I think it was John Hollinger was, couldn't, couldn't stop tweeting about how you know, great a guy he is on mm. a team as a vet, and uh, how much you know the work he's going to put in, and he's not going to be like, yeah, give me my touches and stuff like nah. that. He's going to be a good teammate. So maybe it's something the Mavs look at here. Who knows? We will. Uh, they would have to create a roster spot. I should point out. So it's not like they could just go inside them. They'd have to cut somebody. So decisions to be made there. Uh, a little bit more news here, guys. Yesterday, the Athletics Shams tweeted that the Heat forward Derek Jones Jr. has accepted an invitation to the dunk contest. At All-Star Weekend in Chicago, Jones joins the Lakers' Dwight Howard as official dunk contest commitment. So we have two of the potential minimum four dunkers. I keep thinking maybe there'll be more. I'm I'm hoping for six, but uh, Airplane Jones, back. Happy about this? Yeah, sure. Uh, He just jumped over people the entire time he was in the dunk contest before. So hopefully a little bit more flavor this time around. Also saw some big dunks. Derek Jones Jr. had a couple last night, threw down a couple of nice dunks. Zach Levine had an awesome one. Yeah. Aaron Gordon, Gordon had an awesome yeah. one. Yeah, that's the thing. It's I casting hope, season, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holding out hope that Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon both want to do this again and go head-to-head again. That that would be a nice little foursome right there to start with again. Maybe there'll be a, a sixth or a fifth or sixth. But, whew, yeah, everybody was throwing down last night. Good stuff. I, and look, you said about he did just jump over people. Jones Jr. when he was in it in 2017. That's true. He did a lot of that. But his best dunk was the one he didn't. Probably, I think, the one where he got the little um, pass off the side of the backboard from Booker mm-hmm. and he went through the legs and dunked in. Just looks so cool. He just looks cool when he jumps. He's got a... Nice long legs. Yeah, the super long legs and he kicks them out really far. And he finished runner-up to Glenn Robinson the third in that year's contest. But he also might have a chip on his shoulder. I saw a Michael Pina tweet. Earlier this season, Jones told me he's never lost a dunk contest. And when I brought up the one he did, in fact, lose, he said, honestly, I won that dunk contest in my eyes. <laughs> All right. Jones Jr. confident that he didn't lose that 2017 dunk contest. But that's good. I hope he's fired up and wants to uh, try, and, try and win the thing. That was the Glenn Robinson yep. victory. That's right. Also jumping over a lot yeah, of people. There was a lot of jumping over that, <laughs> that year. Well, if that's going to be the trend, then he needs to get Yucca Pertle out there as his uh, assistant, but just to dunk on him like he did the other day where he just yes. threw him down. I mean, why not mix it up a little bit? You always, have a, you always have a helper out there who's from your team. Have an opponent instead. People might enjoy it a bit more. It's different. Hasn't been done before. 
try and dunk on it has uh, it has Nate Robinson and Dwight Howard oh well okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) but maybe try and bring out like because Derek Jones Jr he's dunked over like four or five people before up the ante get uh, uh, someone from 29 other teams in their jerseys and try and dunk over all of them dunk over the league Okay. I mean, <laughs> that would actually make me like jumping over people. Okay. If you can do 29, that is impressive. <laughs> Let's go to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet. Uh. Well, speaking of collaborating in the dunk contest, our Tweet of the Night comes from Tanya Ganguly, who tweets this. Dwight Howard said he wants to get Kobe Bryant to be part of his dunk contest performance. He hasn't asked Kobe yet because he said he wants to get fans behind the idea first. <laughs> Sounds like he doesn't want to ask Kobe. He wants you the fans. You three are fans. <laughs> are you behind the idea? Dwight, you've been so good. Everything's been going so smoothly. Don't just annoy the crap out of Kobe now for the next month. You should have done this on the download just I quietly. Know. Just sent him a text message. said, Kobe's. What do you think about this? But now, Kobe's just going to get so many tweets and messages saying, do it, do it, do it. He's not doing it, too. There's no way Kobe Bryant is helping Dwight Howard in a dunk contest. Lock that in. He's not. But I'm with you, Lee. This is not the way to go about it for uh, you know the outside chance that he would. Uh, I, just, I just hope Dwight Howard doesn't ruin all of the goodwill he is. Yeah. I think it's possible. This, this season. <laughs> we talked about the lack of villains this year. I mean, even Dwight Howard. Like, this was a guy who was widely despised. Now he is widely liked. And he's like, <laughs> but remember when I played with Kobe and we hated each other? Let's do that again. <laughs> Exciting. Uh, I, I just don't think he wants to ask him himself. He's getting the fan to try and Get sway the in. Yeah. Um, and I thought another interesting part is that he asked the NBA, according to Dave McMenamin, to be in the dunk contest. The NBA didn't so, ask Dwight huh. in a report. I guess why would they, really? They're probably thinking, why would he want to do it? You know, after a decade ago. Or why would we ask so he, him? So well, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. why, why even ask him? Because why would he want to do it? But So first off, he hassled the NBA to get in, and now he's going to hassle Kobe to oh, come in. <laughs> Look, we're not upset he's in it, but yeah, yeah, this Kobe part is a little strange. And again, yeah. how he's going about it. I also saw, like, his uh, official, uh, you know, Dwight's official announcement that he was going to be going in the dunk contest. Did you see it? I think he was in New York at yes. the NBA store. And he, like, came up an elevator, and then he dunked on, like, a little mini net that was, like, hanging off a clothing rack, and then did his, like, oh, I'm in the dunk. It's like, it's like it's, Dwight is so much better, like, just, you know, when you don't know he's there, yeah. he's just hooping. It's, uh, it's sort of cringeworthy how he goes about it, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully he puts on a show. And, and it is a good start that we got Dwight and Derek Jones Jr., and again, I hope we get Zach and Aaron Gordon. That'd be awesome. Just no drones. No, no, yeah, it's a no drones. No drone zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to Pick'em results. Pick'em is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like paying up when you lose a bet that Zion wouldn't score over nine and a half points in his debut. Lock it in. But we all know Cash App does way more than pay off your debts. Cash App is also the easiest way to try and grow your money with their new investing feature. Unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way, you can still own a piece of any stock with just $1. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. We also love working with Cash App because they support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you receive 10 bucks, but Cash App will also donate 10 bucks to the ACLU 
We love that. Shout out to Cash App. Use that promo code NODUNKS when you download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. All right, I swerved on you, boys. And uh, it worked out for me. I took the Spurs. Pelicans were favored by three and a half in Zion's debut, and they obviously lost, so Spurs hit the money line. I pick up the W there. I'm eight and seven, tied with Trey for the month of January. Tass, you're seven and eight, and Lee, you're nine and six. Two games separate us all. Love it. What's our game tonight? First half of the TNT doubleheader, the Lakers at the Nets in Brooklyn. Lakers hanging out in New York as they played in MSG yesterday. Mm. So they're on a back-to-back. Anthony Davis starting to look like himself. His second game back from his uh, butt injury. Scored 28. <laughs> Looking good. Kyrie Irving missed the last game for the Nets, but he's probable here to play up against his old bud, LeBron James. Ooh, what's Ooh, the line? Buds. It's a tight one. I think it's a tight one because I think the Lakers would be favored more than five by five and a half points. It's five and a half or Lakers favored by five and a half. We think Kyrie is playing. That probably makes sense. TNT game going against Bron Bron. Yeah. <sighs> That's LeBron, tough. LeBron, speaking of Kobe, LeBron's 44 points behind Kobe for third on the all-time scoring list as well. Not going to get there tonight, most likely, but he's coming. Why not? Why not, Tess? Couldn't go for 45. What's the line on that? I think... Um, I think LeBron had some fun in New York yesterday. Yeah, that's where that's well, where too my much partying. That's where my bit. mind goes too. I'm taking the Nets. I don't know why they've been playing some tough teams lately. Although they have lost four games in a row, very good teams. Give me the Nets. With yeah, the they played the Jazz. They played the Sixers twice, and then the Bucks. And three of those games were at home. Uh, haven't kept a lot of them close though. No. Uh, I'm going Lakers. I'm going Lakers. Yeah, I'm going Lakers too. It's a back-to-back, but it's not one of those travel back-to-backs. Yeah, well, but it's like, but Tass is right. It's I in know. New York. I'm headed to it's New York three this weekend. Four days, actually, too, for the uh, for the Lakers. Mm. Twenty-three yeah. and one against teams under 500, but that's true. They yeah. don't gotta win by just one point. Is the problem? Right, right. You know, give me the Lakers. And did you, Lee, did you read Mike Vorkanov's article on The Athletic about how it's uh, the commute is so hard for yes. Knicks players out there? This, yeah. is, this is tough to travel all the way from Manhattan to Brooklyn. Whew. It's hard. Yeah. It's like a road game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the, 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 the beauty and the poison, I guess, of living in New York City, you know? Yes. Like, uh, you know, you'd need two houses, one in Westchester, I think, is where they practice, and then uh, an apartment downtown. Yeah, I think they can might afford well it. Too. Some of them can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not yeah. all of them. Not all of them. Those apartments. I mean, you're going to pay a finder's fee in New York for someone who. Pay- and also, I think your buddy Grisha and my mate Foxy, yeah. when they rented oh, apartments there, yeah, they had to pay the entire yeah. year up front. You so, do. You, you do. know. That's and crazy. if you're a, if you're a baller, you don't want like just some you know little cheap uh, apartment. No. You want something pretty flashy. Yeah, so. your name's Foxy. you got to have a sexy day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Skeets, you slipped it in there. You're going to New York. Yeah, I'm going to be insufferable when I get back on Monday. I'm going to New York, and I'm going to Madison Square Garden, <laughs> baby, <laughs> Friday night to watch the Raptors at Knicks game. Have you ever been to Madison Square Garden? Yes, I did. It is the greatest place to watch a basketball game. Wow. <laughs> it is, Lee. It's the Mecca. It's the Mecca. Actually, I don't have tickets yet, so i got to make that happen. Uh, got to get on the Game Time app. Watch those prices plummet right at the end. Hit up the, hit up the Knicks, man. That worked for me. 
But you said well, you work for them. That's why you said your guy left the Knicks. Yeah, bad. You, maybe you've got a guy there. Just hit him up. No, I also I do not do up. not like. Um, you know, if you were to get tickets from the Knicks, but I'm going as a Raptors fan, mm. that's mm. disrespectful. You can't do that. Mm. It's like Elaine Bennis wearing the uh, Baltimore hat. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Good call back there, Lily. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm off to New York this weekend. Should be fun. But we got a drop podcast tomorrow. I should throw this out there because uh, I don't think we've mentioned it yet. And I see a lot of podcasters and a lot of writers picking their all-star reserves, like making their all-star rosters. We talked about our starters, and we're going to find those out tonight prior to those TNT games. I think at 7 o'clock on TNT, we'll find out the starters. We're going to get those, take those in, consume those, and then we'll make our reserve picks next Tuesday. Is that right? I think we locked that in for next Tuesday. We've been waiting. It's like, what's the rush, guys? So, you know, there's so much more to talk about. Let it breathe. Yeah. Get those data points. But I know people love that. I love that. I love debating our all-star picks with each other. So we will have a special podcast where we just do just that. Um, again, I think we're going to try and record that on Tuesday. So keep an eye and an ear out for that. All right, Clipper bro. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, LeBron James must love Elaine Bennis because he also once wore a Yankees cap to an Indians game. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.